it is. Um, get a drink. Let's uh, let's begin with prayer. Gracious God, thank you, thank you for having given us life. Thank you for having given us your church. Thank you for having given us your son. Lord, we owe you so very, very much, and you ask so very, very little of us in return. But that we might worship you in a way that you'll be pleased. <clears throat> May that be our gift to you today. That we might give to your kingdom in such a way that you'll be pleased. That we might be able to sing praises unto you, that you might be pleased. This morning, Lord, we just pray as we worship you through hearing your word that you will bless us with a, a renewed vision. I, I love the song that was just done about Joseph. And we're going to talk about him today, a, a man that was few words, no words, and yet was such an example to us. So would you bless us now as uh, we proclaim your message that the words that are heard today will be the words that need to be heard and that they might make a difference in someone's life this day. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading today is from Matthew 2, verses 13 through 15. Very short. Um, so if you'd stand with me and hear God's word as it was written by Matthew. And now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and he took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. Grass withers, the flowers fade away, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Amen, church. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As our as Erica and David and uh, Stephen were, were singing, brought to mind a, a joke. I'm not much on jokes, and, but this one I, I found to be rather funny. Y'all may have even seen it in some social media or another. But it seems that the picture depicted Mary and Joseph just outside the inn, okay? And Mary is talking to Joseph and, and saying, you didn't call to get reservations? Why didn't you call to get reservations? And Joseph says, well... I, I, I just didn't think we needed it. I didn't think it was that much, much of a problem. Are you okay? And to the, to the women, you will find this funny. She says, I'm fine. <laughs> and thus was the beginning of Silent Night. <laughs> I thought that was kind of humorous. <laughs> I 
Since I to quit. <clears throat> I know, don't quit my day job. I've got so many of them, I don't know which one I quit. Today's the day that we're going to talk about a man who I don't think gets enough credit. However, to be fair, it's a man that we really know very little about. In, in this day and time, we view a man in this particular instance as presumably the leader of the family. And yet, like in this case, the case of Joseph's, Jesus' earthly father, we as dads oftentimes get overlooked with what we do. For instance, how many times do you see athletes who triumphantly run or walk off the field or court of play? And they go and they sit down. Their team, or perhaps it's an individual sport like tennis or golf, has just won that big game that they have been struggling for forever. You as the proud father of this young athletic person are grinning from ear to ear. For it's you who taught him to play from the time that he was able to stand on his own. It was you who sat through so many practices, so many little league games. It was you who took time off from work to go to high school games, who sold everything that you and your family had to buy an RV so that you could go watch this young man or, per, or this person play sports all over the country. It was your kid, your pride, your joy. And they look in the camera and they stare directly into that box that's sitting on some guy's shoulder and what do they say? Hi, Mom. I'll say that again. Hi, Mom. I ruined him on the first joke. Why don't you just take the whole thing, okay? We're just all laughed out from the first one. I guess they are. Thanks, Tim. Quick thinking. Anyway, you simply sit there in stunned silence, but you know who did all the work, don't you? Well, we aren't here this, this morning to prop all the guys up, especially the ones that didn't laugh at either joke. We know who we are, though, and, and, and what we do, don't we? We're the strong, silent type who, who don't need a whole lot of publicity, aren't we? Well, I want to change gears just a minute and talk about a man who was truly the strong, silent type in the Bible. In fact, we won't find him saying a single word anywhere. And yet, I think Joseph can teach us as fathers, even to the point of saying all of us can learn a few good lessons from the stepfather of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it's well documented that this man, a simple carpenter by trade, was not a quitter. Joseph had an unbelievable dream and an angel came to him and, and told him that his wife-to-be was going to have a baby. And he knew who wasn't the father. Now sadly, in this day and time, I, I don't guess that that's looked upon with anything more than maybe a, a raised eyebrow, perhaps a sad gaze by someone. But news back then... That could have meant death to Mary. You see, had Joseph so chosen, he could have separated from her. It was like a divorce. This is, they were betrothed. And there was a term, that betrothed term, was for a reason. You had the same 
except certain things you could not do until after the, the marriage took place. But as you were betrothed, you were doing a lot of things already as a married couple. So it was that, that close to being a, a family. Had he given the okay, Mary could have been stoned to death because of this situation. If for no other reason than to spare Joseph further embarrassment and humiliation in front of family, business associates, and his peers. As I understand it, it, it appears that Joseph was a fair amount older than Mary, so there was so many stigmas about to rear their ugly head that were not necessarily true. But Joseph withstood them all. And the key thing is, he did what God told him to do. I want you to look at what Joseph did. This is one of the key points to our lesson this morning. Verse 24 of Matthew chapter 1. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do, and he took Mary as his wife. He even goes so far as to name the little boy Jesus, just as he had been instructed to do in verse 21 of Matthew 1. Now let me ask you, how many of us in here dream? We all pretty much do, don't we? Some we remember, some we don't. I mean, you may not remember all of the dream that you have. They may not always make sense. But how many of us do what our dreams tell us to do? Take a look again at Matthew. This time our passage for this morning, chapter 2, verse 13. Just after the Magi had come to visit, Joseph goes to sleep and has another one of those dreams. Once again, there is no doubt what we read here, an angel of the Lord appears again and Joseph not only got up and heeded the dream, he didn't wait until daylight. He understood the urgency of the matter. Furthermore, he knew he had to protect his family. I have to wonder how many times Joseph came to understand not only the significance of who his stepson was, but the important formidable task of keeping this young person alive at all costs. Well, this time the angel tells Joseph to not only get out of town, but leave the country entirely. In other words, pull up stakes and go and start all over again, and in a foreign country to boot. There they stay until the evil Herod is dead. Now you'd think that old Herod being dead after he finally is, is, they found out that he is, that would have ended the story, wouldn't you? Well, look on down past our reading. We see in verse 19 of chapter 2, Joseph has another dream while still residing in Egypt. And an angel, once again, comes to visit. The angel gives, gives an all-clear sign for Joseph and tells him, he can take his little family back to Israel and everything is going to be okay. Those who were trying to kill his son are now dead. But Herod's son, Archelaus, becomes the head of the land. This guy was worse than his father. Joseph, good, responsible dad and husband that he was, fears for his little family and has another dream. And Joseph is told to go take his family to the land of Galilee. And they end up in Nazareth. Remember now, 
All of this happens within the first few years of his son's life and Joseph and Mary's life together. I think most of us know the story of the early childhood of Jesus. It's really about the only thing that we do know about him until he turns the age of 12. There are two points, though, that I want to make to you this morning. First, let me say this. To you women as well as men, you don't necessarily have to have given birth to a particular boy or girl or even be related to that particular person to have an everlasting effect upon young people in general. Guys, just because you may not have been the biological father of a child doesn't mean people at any age may look up to you and respect you for who you are. Let's look further at what Joseph did for his son Jesus. Luke 2, verse 41 and on. It says now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. This tells me Joseph was a strongly religious man adhering to the laws of Judaism, bringing Jesus up to be a good Jewish young man himself. Even to the last Passover that Jesus had upon this earth, he participated in it. He wanted to be a part of it. And so he was. But it's evident his upbringing followed him all the way throughout his life, even up to the point of crucifixion. Remember that same passage from chapter 2. Jesus had stayed behind to listen and learn from the great Jewish teachers of that day. But remember as well, at the age of 12, he already realized that it was more important for him to be in his father's house as we see in verse 49. His mom and dad, I doubt very seriously, understood exactly what he was talking about right there. But that did not keep them from being worried and caring enough to let Jesus know they weren't happy with what he had done. All part of disciplining the Son of God. How? By showing earthly love, care, and concern for this child. Some of the greatest examples for children I have ever known in my life were men and women who were never married or they never had children. Some of the greatest examples and role models in my life were not only my parents and my grandparents, but folks that I knew and grew up around in church. Those who are still left, even though I may not see them often at all, and quite honestly... There are many theological points that they and me do not agree upon, but I still hold them in quite high regard. But the men that I always remember the most in my life all pretty much had one special characteristic in common. And I think I include many of you all here today. And when I wrote this, it was like all who were older than me, and then I came to the realization. I'm the oldest guy in this place. (laughs) That took me a few minutes to get over, quite frankly. That's that's like going to a doctor that's younger than you the first time or having a pastor that's that's younger than you the first time. Those are traumatic experiences. They really are. But then to find out that I'm the oldest guy here? I mean, come on. Anyway, you hear God's commands to you, though. That's the important thing. And you heed them. One of the great examples that Joseph did was that he did not hesitate at all to act upon the words that came to him from God through those angels. 
There was no, well, I'm not sure I want to do that. I, I don't know if that was really God's calling me or not. I'm in the middle of this big job right now, and I I can't really afford to leave. Surely God would understand that. Or in Joseph's case, it could have been easy for him to, to say, maybe it was just my imagination. Maybe I just literally dreamed it, and that was it. Now, I don't think after the book of Acts, we see that God speaks directly to any of us or any of his people as he did, let's say with Moses and and people like that, and so many other church fathers. And yet, I believe that God works through each of us to get his points across to us so that we act upon what we know to do. We're given his word, and with a boatload of prayer, we are told to obey it. And just like Joseph, so many of you men here and others throughout my life have given their very best. We have tried our very hardest to do exactly as Joseph did so long ago. Simply hear and obey. You may have men in your life that were the very same way. I hope you did. They were special to you because they did their very best to follow Jesus to the very best of their ability And they were or are a great example to you now even. Maybe he was a father or perhaps an uncle. Could have been a neighbor. For Jesus, I believe it was Joseph. Look at Joseph a little closer. You'll see someone even more special. In this day and time, sadly, the term family has come to take on a whole new meaning than it did say even one generation ago. We're looking now at a world where more and more single parents are taking the responsibility of raising a child or even children. Men come into families now that are, that are already set up. They may marry someone who has a child or even more than one. Relationships can oftentimes be very strained between the stepfather and the children. But look at Joseph. He became a great example for not only his son to follow, but for us to follow today as well. And yet it appears that Joseph died at some point after having fathered other children. Because we know Jesus had several brothers and sisters. Remember that. And I have to believe that that strong leadership that Joseph had had on his stepson and on his biological children stayed with them all of their days. Joseph loved his little boy, Jesus, his stepchild. He worried about him. He cared for him. He sacrificed for him. He protected him. He disciplined him when necessary. As we said, even taught him to be a carpenter. I mean, could you imagine, think about this, could you imagine having to discipline God's son Wouldn't that be a challenge? You know? I mean, back then, I imagine they probably believed in spanking. Oh, think about that one. You know, who am I spanking here now? Father, forgive me for what I'm about to do. You know, I mean, how would you go about that? But, I mean, that's just one of the things that I'm sure Joseph had to think about. 1 Timothy 5, 8, though, says this. If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his household... He is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 
I believe Joseph believed that wholeheartedly. I really do. Now, this wasn't a new law. This was old, antiquated Jewish law that was being followed. And what Paul did in 1 Timothy here is just to remind everyone about that particular thing. But they believed in taking care of their family. So obviously did Joseph. As Joseph did with his own son, he loved him. He accepted Jesus for for who he was, both God and man, fully God and fully man. He did this when a majority of his own people would reject that young man. Sadly, today, they still do. Many of them, at least. What Joseph did took a very special individual taking care of this most special child, the most special that would ever be born. I can't imagine how proud Joseph would have been of his first child. I remember the day my son legally adopted his first child, his first son. It was our third grandson. I have never been so proud of how he stepped up and took care of that boy as if he were his own. Still does. And there's so many things... Boy, he acts just like his dad. And we don't even think about it anymore. He, my son has had that much of an effect on Jackson in, throughout his life. And, and this was roughly 18 years ago because Jackie now is about eight, 21, I guess. So, but he still has that effect. On, my son still has that effect on Jackson Elder, our third grandson. Joseph did the same thing for as long as he was alive. He cared for his wife before their wedding in a time before Jesus' birth that you know had to have been the most trying time since Mary was bearing a child before marriage. And he knew it wasn't his. But Joseph hung on. He hung tough in the most dire of circumstances. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13. And you see what's known as the love chapter written by the Apostle Paul. Last words in verse 7 says it all about Joseph's love for his bride and his son. Love always protects. It always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. And that's the point that I want to get across to you all this morning. If we follow the pattern of love that Jesus had to follow in his life, we can see Joseph played a very large role in the life of our Lord. We can take the life of Joseph and use it as a guideline for even our own lives today with our children, with our grandchildren, with our stepchildren, or any other child that though they may belong to someone else, they may look to you for spiritual guidance. The simple concept of faith, hearing Believing and obeying can give any child stability in their life. And believe me when I tell you, children desire, they crave that stability in their lives more than just about anything else. Fathers, men of this congregation, whether you're someone's father or simply have been a steadying influence in one or more of young people's lives along the way in life, remember to follow the pattern That has been given to us. Remember to love long and love hard. 
Love fairly and love justly. Love equitably. Love with no questions asked. Sometimes I guess we even have to learn to love and expect nothing in return. And build your faith in God and don't be afraid to share that faith with those that you love. That is the greatest display of love that you can give. Lean on God as Joseph did. Use the time that you have with your children wisely. They grow very, very fast. My guess is Joseph found that out too. Make a difference in someone else's life. If you can, call a man or or men who made a difference in your life today. Let them know how they influenced you so positively. After you do that, or even maybe before you do that, think about Joseph a little bit more closely. If those men are no longer around in your life, simply stop today and remember the things that they taught you that has made you who you are today. I'll be willing to bet Jesus did that on more than one occasion when he thought about Joseph. Just as Joseph the carpenter was in Jesus' life, stop and give a quiet thank you for how someone else affected your life. May God bless the men who have been in our lives and thank God for men like Joseph who... As a great example to us all, simply did one thing well. He did what the Lord told him to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this morning. And and for men like Joseph, he didn't have to talk a lot. In fact, didn't. And yet, had such an impact on so many people's lives. We thank you for that. We thank you for him and we thank you for other examples that that came alongside our Lord and Savior and helped him to become the man that he was going to be in just a short time. Thank you for Jesus being our Savior who was fully God and fully man and came to this earth to sacrifice his life for ours. I cannot imagine that sacrifice, but I thank you for it. Be with us, we ask you, in all that we do, when we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.